about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. When the thunders rise and the oceans roar, I will soar with you above the storm. You know, eagles fly above the storm. They have great adaptability to the wind and to the waves and, and anything that's coming against their way. And I believe God has called us like unto the eagle, no matter what we're facing in our life, any type of difficulty. When we trust in him, when we put our confidence in him, when we put our reliance in him, he will bring us to victory. And it is guaranteed. So, um, can, it, can you see okay? Yeah, let me. I got it. You got it? Okay. Okay, so welcome to Wednesday night service. As you can tell, PT's not here. He's away on family business. And uh, we just speak traveling mercies on our pastor right now for a safe return with him and his family. And um, let's see, I'm going to open up with, uh, hallelujah, just getting into the presence of God. Just letting you guys know and understand that you can just relax tonight. I'm not going to hit you with a whole lot of, lot of scriptures, turning pages and Bibles and stuff. I'm going to do most of that for you. But uh, I just feel that tonight the Lord wants to have a chat, like a fireside chat with you. In other words, like a camp meeting, you know. Um, I'm going to go over some scriptures on how uh, we go, we work, we face challenges in life. But then there's a time of rest. There's a time of restoration. And both of them are necessary. We have to work because the Bible says faith without work is dead. But also we have to rest as well. And the rest is just as important as our work. Our trust and confidence is just in the Lord is just as important as having faith and confidence and the ability that he can do through us. Okay? Because every, every, you know, not every situation, not every circumstance that we face in life, we're going to understand with our natural mind. But we have to wait and get still, get quiet, and continue to be confident in the Lord. Amen. So, uh, Latasha, I'd just like to say to you that I was absolutely blessed by your, your lecture on Sunday. I, I know that probably doesn't come as a shock to you, but it is still blessing me, you know. You came with that word, you told us, and you reminded us to remember who we are, you know. And I think what was really uh, fantastic, what I really enjoyed is that how you, you told the devil, let me introduce myself to you, you know, that I am a daughter of a king. You know, you, you, you owned them, you know. Just like the scripture says, it, it, tells them, it tells us to put the devil under our feet, you know. That you are raised and seated in heavenly places, and the devil is under our feet. Amen. He's a defeated foe because what Christ did on Calvary. He really is defeated, and each and every one of us have that, has that authority. And I think Pastor Tom do, does a really good job at teaching that and explaining that to us all on a regular basis. Amen? So thank you for that word. So that brings me to my subject tonight, 
she challenged us to remember who we are, that we are sons and daughters of the King of the Most High, and we have the same authority. The, the, the work that he did, we can do also, and even a greater work. Even a greater work, okay? Hallelujah. But part of that remembering of who we are has to do with a certain type of place. If I can have that scripture on. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Psalms 91. Part of remembering who we are as, as, as child of the King, as a new creations in Christ Jesus, is a place that the Bible calls the secret place. Okay? That's the place where we find rest. That's the place where we find refuge. That is the place where we can have one-on-one -on -one communication, one-on-one -on -one resuscitation, if you will, from our living God, who lives in us, who breathes in us, and has his way in us. Amen, as Acts chapter 17 states. So he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in him will I trust. He's our refuge. We can take refuge in the Lord. We can find protection in the Lord. We can find security in the Lord. Amen. He's a fortress. He's a military stronghold, if you will. I shared this with the prayer meeting on Sunday that did a little study about a fortress. And the people of China, they did a great work. Many of you are familiar with that work, and that's they built the Wall of China. And it's an extensive and an extreme work. And we, I was saying to uh, Brother Pat and, and Sister Marie, I said, they must have been afraid of something really fierce to build this wall some uh, sea serpents, sea monsters, or something, because the Great Wall of China is 26 feet high, 26 feet wide, and extends 13,000 feet, 13,000 miles, 13,171 miles, okay? So in case you're wondering how long is that, that's about as, that can go from here to Maine, Maine to California three times. It can also go from Hawaii to Riviera Beach. So that's not one wall, two walls, three walls. It's four walls that long, okay? And it took them centuries to build. They started that wall before Christ was here, 200 years before that. That's their fortress. That was their refuge. That was their defense mechanism, if you will, and protection from invaders and intruders. So if... Uh, people that are human can do works like that and create things like that for protection and for security. How much more can our Father, who has no limits, who has no boundaries, how much more can our Heavenly Father protect us? Amen. Amen. Sometimes he lets things like that happen in the natural so that we can gravitate with our natural mind that there's nothing too difficult for him. There's nothing impossible for him. Because before the mountains were formed, he was. He was, 
He is, and he is the God to come. And he's told me to proclaim tonight that you are a holy people. There's no people like you on the face of the earth because you are holy, separated for his work. You are a new species of being that has never existed before. And in the secret place, in the dwelling place, is where you find out more about that portion of who you are. Without going to the secret place, you can never fully understand all of your giftings, all of your talents, everything that the Lord will have you to do, your instructions. You have to receive it from the Lord of creation. Getting in the secret place and dwelling there aids us and assists us in remembering who we are. There we are accepted. There is fullness of joy. There I can speak in my heavenly language. As the book of Jude says and instructs us to do. Jude 1 and 20. Building up our most holy faith. Communicating in mysteries to the heavenly father. Ministering to our body that needs repair, that needs healing. That needs a second wind, that needs strength. There, that place is where we find it. It's a valuable place. The secret place is definitely a place, but not necessarily a physical place. It's more of a spiritual dimension. The secret place is definitely a place, but not necessarily a physical place. It is a spiritual dimension. It's a spiritual dimension in where we enter into the presence of our Lord with our spirit, our mind, our will, and our emotions, and our imagination. We have to be fully immersed in going into the secret place, which is not hard. It takes about half a second. Okay? We enter in with our whole heart. Jesus instructed us to love our Lord with what? All of our mind, all of our strength. And all of our heart. Mark 12 and 30. And he also instructed to love ye one another, even as I have loved you. Amen. But how do we love if we never spend time? How do we love if we never listen to what the Father is, 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 is speaking to us? Amen? Amen. How could we know... This, this eternal creator if we don't take the time to get to know him. This place or dimension can change because it's not always predicated on the time and place you choose to enter in because throughout the life's course, you will utilize and occupy different opportunities. For, let me give you an example of that. Me, myself, 
my favorite place to enter in is in my bedroom. And of course, if you, in case you're wondering, the church is a, is a secret place, okay? It's a, it's a stronghold that the Lord has established in the earth, okay? So outside of the church in our daily lives, we're talking about places, okay? Because they, they will change depending on the time, situation, circumstances and that, that you're in. There are sometimes, I think, Barbara, you shared a couple of weeks ago on Mother's Day that, hey, you called on the name of the Lord, and the Lord delivered you. He was your fortress, delivered her from an, onco- uh, an oncoming accident. She was, she was thrust into that place to where she had to call on the name of the Lord. Um, so my, outside of church, my favorite place is, is my, our bedroom, me and my wife's bedroom. Uh, most of the time when, when everybody's gone to work, I have some quiet time where I can be alone, it's quiet, uh, there's not a whole lot going on, uh, nobody's home, uh, the distractions are gone, the distractions are not there, my wife's not giving me orders, telling me what to do, things, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, but you guys understand what I mean. Okay, so, plus there's a, we have a beautiful window, I can see out the window, and it's beautiful trees, beautiful grass, butterflies, all that wonderful stuff, so it's a nice place, right? So that's one of my favorite places, naturally, okay? It's quiet, you know, uh, a lot of special things happen there. Um, so I, I pray, I enter in there, you know, I call on the Lord, I, I, I pray in tongues, I, I, I listen to what the Lord would have me to do, and that's, that's just one of my places. Another one of, one of place that I have is the living room, okay? So at night, in the living room, the ladies are going to bed, right? So once again, it's quiet. So I can open the word. I can read the word. I can commune with the Lord, all right? Because that's what the Lord is expecting us to do, to remember him and to remember who we are to him because we are precious to him. But lately, I've been doing these walks with my puppy, okay? If you guys don't know my puppy, I got a puppy. His name is Kashmir. Tasha says he's a grown man. He's about 11, but I call all dogs puppies. I think at their best age, they're like 19 or 20. You know, they're just little puppies. What do they know, right? So I've been taking uh, my, my dog on these walks and, and uh, in the morning. I mean, we, I'm always taking them on a walk, but again, the time is, is different, right? The times changes. Times can change based upon situations and circumstances that you experience in life. Oh, so you're yawning, huh? <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I gotta, I gotta be a little funny tonight to to keep to keep uh, everybody's attention, right? Okay, so I'm I'm taking these walks, and while I'm taking these walks with my puppy, I can just declare the will of the Lord in the earth for my community, right? Father, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, you know. Whatever this person needs in this house, Father God, fill it. You know, fill the void, Father God. I just release the anointing right now in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, doing things like that, declaring, uh, standing on my authority, standing on my identity, and releasing the glory in every direction and even in the outer atmosphere, okay? Because we have control over that outer atmosphere. Remember, Jesus said that we are seated in heavenly places, okay? So we walk. We walk. You know, every opportunity I get, 
I look for it to manifest the glory of God. Okay, so let me go on. Okay, so speaking of dimensions, I want to give you an example. In Genesis 3 and 9, God, you remember the story with, with uh, Abraham, uh, Adam and, and the Lord? And when, when uh, God created a garden for Adam, and he placed Adam in the garden, and then he created Eve and all that good stuff. So you guys know that Adam bit from the apple, right? And then so shame came up on Adam because of sin. And so Adam tried to hide and cover himself up because he found out he was naked. And so he wanted to cover his nakedness with a fig leaf. And so God was walking. God was walking in the garden. Hello, a living God. He does walk. He can't see. He can hear. Amen. He was walking in the garden and he asked Adam a question. Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam is because our God knows everything. Amen. Okay, so he asked him sort of a rhetorical question. Where, where's your heart, Adam? Where's your relationship to me? You know, what has possessed you that you think that you could hide something from me? That you can, you know, kind of pull the wool over my eyes, figuratively speaking. So he asked him, where are you? So Adam's heart was in a different place at that time. He was in a different dimension. Spiritually, his relationship was not aligned with the, with the creator. And so he fell. Amen. He had a spiritual death. So that's what I, what I mean by the dynamics of, of the secret place. It's not necessarily physical because the Garden of Eden was physical. It was definitely a physical place. But what Adam, his, the action he did, he let that action changed his relationship because God was still seeking a relationship but Adam was doing what he was hiding let us not hide from our father let us confess our sins before the father things that are sensitive to us things that are sometimes too sensitive to share with anybody you can share it in the secret place amen because you live long enough you will run into a couple of those issues where you just don't understand. But you have to take it to the one who does understand all things. God wants us to come higher. Just as he told Moses when uh, Moses was receiving the revelation on Mount Sinai. Sinai, S-I-N-A-I, S-I-N, Mount Sinai, Mount Sin. He told Adam, he told Moses to come up higher on the, the, the mountain of sin. Put sin under your feet. Come up higher. Put sin under your feet. He told Moses to do that. <clears throat> Now, turn with me to, if, if you have your Bibles, we can go to Ephesians 
the second chapter. I'm going to start with verse 19. God is desiring that we are a habitation of his glory. God wants to dwell with us. Verse 19, now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple of the Lord in whom ye are also built it together for a habitation of God through the spirit. Just as Jesus is the cornerstone to our faith, the secret place is a key component to our faith. So vital and fitly connected to having a successful relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember the Lord say that there, he said that there will be many in that day that said, Lord, Lord, didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I do all these wonderful works in your name? But he would say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I know you not. Does that sound like a God of love? Sure. They're the ones not operating in love. He was. They were working iniquity. They were working uh, iniquity. Uh, wickedness they were seeking things like self-gain and greed uh, not entering not not developing or keeping a, a close relationship with the Lord seeking vanity being puffed up all that kind of stuff so on that day Matthew 7 and 32 states that he would say depart from me he that work iniquity I don't know you Jesus also speaks in John 17, 23 about the unity of faith, bringing us into that unity to where we know his heart, he knows our heart, and we both know, collectively know the Father's heart. I and them, and them and me, and Father, we are one, and you love them just as much as you love me. Father loves us just as much as he loves Jesus Christ question is do we love him that's a question that we would always have to ask ourselves and remind ourselves every day where are we in our relationship in our walk with Jesus Christ the Messiah where are we what's our position he loves you that's been established he loves you with an everlasting love you know people often say well, well why, do, why does God send people to hell God ain't sending people to hell. God has provided a way out of hell through Jesus Christ. And he died a, a terrible death. He paid the price so that people can have everlasting life and live in his everlasting kingdom. You know? The problem's not on God's end. 
He's no longer looking for a visitation. I'm not looking for a visitation. I don't want a visit, visitation anymore. I want a habitation of his glory. I want something permanent. I don't want something temporary. Right? The, 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 the wonderful feeling that's expressed on Sundays, I want that on Monday. I want that on Tuesday. I want that on Wednesday. I want it continually and perpetually. Amen? Not just, it ain't going to work. The same high ain't going to work. I, I got to have a different high. I got to go to a different height. I got to put Mount Sinai under my feet. Amen? I got to put Mount Sinai. Whatever's hindering me, whatever's holding me back, whatever's holding you back, put it under your feet. We have that power. He has given us that power. The secret place is where we go, where we can cast all of our cares and heavy burdens on the Lord. Cares of the world, anxiety, be not anxious for anything but by prayer and supplication. Let our requests be known unto God. Cast all our cares on the Lord, for he cares for us. Amen. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Take my yoke. The Lord says, take my yoke upon you because I'm humble and I'm lowly and I'm meek in spirit. The Lord doesn't want us weighted down with heavy burden. And what can burden us is, is, is sin or, or thinking about that you're a sinner. You're not a sinner. You are righteous and you are holy. If he wanted you to focus on your sin, your inadequacies, then he would have never gone to the cross. He, knew, he foreknew all that. That's why he paid it. Right? He wants us to focus on our righteousness, our holiness. Okay? So whatever you do, that you fall short, whatever, that's, that's no concern of his. And believers, that shouldn't be a concern of ours, whether somebody's sin fell short or is not. Because it's paid by the, by the blood of Christ. All right? Now, that can go into some, some deeper things with word and, and accountability and all that stuff. But the word is the word. We are righteous by faith, by what we believe, not by what we do. None of us. Because all of us would have fallen short of the glory of God. Okay? We can't get there by our own righteousness, by our own works. It's not by works, but it's through faith, through Christ Jesus, lest any person should boast. The secret place is where we find out more about the Father's heart. And the Lord just shared this with me this morning, uh, uh, speaking about the depths of his love. I love my people so much, I died on the cross for them. I experienced an excruciating, horrible death so they can experience a pain-free life. Your physical body, whether it be six feet tall or more or less, can't contain the love that I have for you. Your body, your physical body, whether it be six feet tall or less or more, cannot contain the love that I have for you. 
the vastness of my creation and the universe was made as an expression of my love for you to know and experience the love that I have for you. It will take all eternity to grasp the love that I have for my children. It will take all of eternity. I'm going to go back to Psalms 91 and verse 3. Verse 3 states, Surely, you know, every, every time we see surely he shall, that's a promise. That's a guarantee. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. A snare is a trap. A fowler is talking about someone who used to trap birds. Okay. The enemy desires to trap you in situations and circumstances, but God is our deliverer. The book of Daniel in, in uh, the seventh seventh chapter it reveals the motivation of satan that he desires to wear out the saints of god by keeping them busy by keeping them occupied by putting heavy burdens and fetters on the saints of god but our god is a mighty deliverer he would deliver us from the strategy of the enemy and that's why we have to read the word, because if we find ourselves busy and in busyness, then we have to stop and think. How much time am I spending with the Lord? I'm spending so much time doing other things, and I feel like I'm losing my mind. Yeah, you are losing your mind. That's exactly what will happen. If you're giving, if you're tending to so many other things that don't involve God, you're not acknowledging God and hardly any of it. You're making whatever you're doing a God besides God. When Christ told us to love our Lord, our God, with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and all of our strength. Amen. So we must recognize times in our lives that something has creeped in and now it's given place to the devil. You got to cut it off. You got to cut it off. Because it's getting in the way of your relationship with your creator. That's why Jesus says that if it's your arm that causes you to sin, cut it off. I, I don't think he was playing. It may sound extreme. He was, he was serious. Because you get to the kingdom or into his presence, he'll give you another arm. But if, if that arm causes you to fall and to sin... It's better you not have that arm. Real talk, right? Amen. Verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under the wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. He's a hiding place. He is, he is our protection. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by noonday, nor for the pe pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. 
You know, this psalm was written by Moses, and the psalm that I read, I opened up with, Psalm 90, was also written by Moses. And he went into writing, according to the, the, the Hebrew scholars, he went into writing this after he experienced the glory of God. You know, and the glory, the manifest presence, or the glory of God is, is, is needless to say, it's life-changing. So he was moved uh, after he experienced that glory of the kav the kavod glory of God, the manifest glory of the Father. Now you may ask, what time is a good time to enter into the presence of of God? Well, the answer is any time. Any time's a good time. Okay, but the best time is in the morning. You might say, Brother Ben, I don't do good with mornings. What you talking about early? Well, what's early to you? <laughs> when do you get up? You know, and it might be hard at first. It might be hard at first, a little difficult. But anything that you start doing, it'll get easier and easier. Okay? And again, stay away from heavy burdens. Nobody's trying to overburden. You know you. Know you to the fullest degree in which you can know yourself. Okay? Uh, this man right here, I think he wakes up at 3 in the morning. <laughs> but every, everyone's different. Amen? But early is good. Why? Because the brain, the mind is receptible. Everything is new in the morning. And if we are to be imitators of God, since every day is new, every, every day his mercies are new. Amen? And it's, it's, a, it's a clean slate. Almost like when God created the heavens and the earth. There was nothing there. You can start ordering your day. You can start fresh with uh, allowing yourself to forgive. You know, whoever God shows you to forgive, you forgive. And you start a brand new day fresh by the word of God. Speaking the word of God over yourself. Speaking the word of God over your family. Speaking the word of God, what you would want to accomplish that particular day. Amen. And the Lord is with you. The Lord is present. You go in carrying the glory of God. Once again, Exodus 34, the Lord spoke to Moses and said, there was a time where, where Moses was, uh, you know, he was tapped out. He delivered the children of Israel from slavery, from Pharaoh. Uh, he did many signs and wonders, but there came to a time to where his ministry plateaued, and he needed a fresh touch. He needed a fresh touch from the Lord. So the Lord was getting ready to give him a fresh touch, give him, uh, ready to give him more revelation, ready to give him an experience in the glory. And in Exodus 34, it states right there, he says, meet me on the mount in the morning. In the morning. Proverbs 8.17 instructs us to seek the Lord early. Proverbs 8.17. We must also be fully confident knowing that he hears us. Psalms 94 and 9 declares, Hath he who made the ear, can he not hear? Yes, he can hear. Jesus also declared in John 11.42, Father, I know you always hear me. He always hears us. That's good to know. 
I'm going to read from Exodus 33, 17, and 23. Again, uh, I'm going to be talking about Moses experiencing the presence of God the Father. So Moses here, he's tired, you know. He, he doesn't understand certain things. He doesn't understand why the children of Israel are having certain problems. They're, they're, they're kind of rebellious, and they're not listening to him. And he had to throw the tables of the commandments at them, and the, the ground opened up and swallowed them. So he's a little discouraged. He's a little winded. He's a little tired. So he says, finally, he says, Lord, show me your glory. Amen. So uh, Exodus 33, 17, and the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me your glory, Lord. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Verse 20, and he said, Thou canst not see my face, for thou shalt no man see my face and live. Just, just too much for you, Moses. It'll be too much. You can't contain it. Too much for your six-foot body. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in a cleft of the rock, and when I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back, but my face will not be seen. Okay. So, he had that experience. He had that encounter. He had that wonderful time with God to where he was able to experience all God's goodness at a certain place. Amen. Now, there were also other men of God that needed a touch in their ministry because they were just, they were perplexed. They were hard pressed by what was facing them. David, King David, who slew the lion and the bear, and he also slew the giant, Goliath, who was 10 feet tall. He was on the run from Saul, King Saul, for 13 years. He was betrayed by the king because the Lord desired to do a work through him and pronounce him as king. So David needed a touch, a touch, and he received that touch while he was in Mount Abdullah. And he received reinforcements for his call. 400 men joined David's ministry. Elijah received a strategy from God in a cave, in a secret place, while praying. He escaped a death plot. The strategy the Lord gave, he said, anoint Jehu. Anoint Hazel and anoint Elisha. And everyone that falls out of their reach, the other one would take care of. 
So in the secret place, we receive strategies on what to do in tough situations and tough circumstances. In the secret place, we remember who we are and whose we are. Also, spending time with God, people will notice there's something different about us. There's a light that comes forth from our countenance when we are in the very presence of God. And it's also experienced by other people. Amen. This happened to Moses as well. In uh, once again, Exodus 34, verse 30. It says, and when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone or it was shining. And they were afraid to come nigh him. That means that 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 Moses spirit was stirred up. See, get getting close to God, staying close to God. It stirs. It stirs you. It excites you. If, you. if you're feeling dead and you don't know what that dead feeling is that you're feeling, you need some, you need, you need some prayer, okay? Not trying to make fun of anybody, but that's just an indication, okay? Um, prayer, rest, certain other thing. Getting in a secret place, okay? But people will notice that because when God is living inside of you, it will cause you to regenerate, your energy to regenerate. And there won't be a, a, a deadness on your countenance. Okay. And the people noticed that he was with God. His countenance changed. Amen. He was shining. And Moses, and Moses called unto them and Aaron and all the rulers. That's uh, verse 31. Of the congregations returned unto him and Moses talked with them. Verse 32. And afterward, all the children of Israel came nigh. And he gave them a commandment, all that the Lord had spoken to him in Mount Sinai. And until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. The man was shining so much he had to wear a veil. That reminds me of the, the Mount of Transfiguration. Do you guys remember that story? Where Jesus began, his, his, his linen began to light up and to glow. and shine and then a cloud appeared and said this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased hear ye him but it was it was on Moses so tough that you know he had to wear a veil imagine just wearing a, wearing a veil we wear masks right now right <laughs> well some of us do imagine having to wear a veil you know you just, you just shining too much Moses put that veil on can't stand it Yeah, yeah. But there he, he received. He's received the instructions. He received the vision on what he, were, you know, uh, what he would have to do for his people to get them in the promised land. Amen. And he was successful at doing that. Now, another thing I want to show you is in Numbers. If you go to Numbers 9 and 18... God is showing us here that the the uh, people of God, the children of Israel, they they were devoted. They had to follow Him because they were going to a place, just like us. We're going to a place. Amen. We're going to a destiny 
and we want to be successful at reaching that destiny. So we got to be close to the Lord because he's our leader. Amen. And this gives us an example of what that is. So in Numbers 9 and 18, I'm going to read uh, through 19. Okay, so in the desert, the Lord, um, the Lord appeared in the cloud. You see how spiritual the Lord is? He could just use a cloud. To Moses, he allowed, he said, nope, you're not going to see my face, but you're going to see my back. To Adam, he was walking in a garden. But now he's a cloud. So he's a spirit. Man, what you mean by that? He has no limits and boundaries. He's not like me. He's not like finite flesh. But yet he speaks. Yet he can relate. Yet he can hear. He has ears. And yet he has a heart. He has compassion. But he's not limited. He's the sovereign Lord. And he establishes rules. He establishes own rules. That's why he can come and walk the earth if he wants to. And if he has a message, or he'll send an angel that has a message. They manifest. That's why some people can see him, some people can't. What is that? You're dealing with a spirit. It's a live being. It's real. Just as we are real. Okay, they don't have limits. Only the limits that God sets up. So... Verse 18, at the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed. And at the commandment of the Lord, they pitched. As long as a cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in the tents. And when the cloud, and when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle, many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. They were completely dependent on the leading of the Lord. And that's how we should be. We, we, should, we should be spirit-led people. Amen? We shouldn't do things in the flesh out of, out of our, our mindset. But we consult, when we make big decisions, we should consult with the Lord. And follow his leading. All right. Okay. So I'm going to start closing now. I'm going to go back to Psalms 91. I'm closing. Bear with me, okay? Yes. Verse 7. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. That's a promise. Amen. Yeah, we, we live in the valley of the shadow of death. But your promise it shall not come nigh you. It shall not come nigh our dwelling. Only with, that eye, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. I had to ask the Lord this morning, what do you mean, Lord? Are we, are we going to see the wicked getting blessed? He says, no, that's not what it is. The reward of the wicked is that they're going to recompense what they have sown. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap what the flesh. If you sow to destruction, you're going to reap destruction. Only, only with our eyes. In other words, we're not going to experience what the wicked is experiencing. Amen? We're going to, we're just, we may see it, but, but that's about it. It doesn't apply to us. That's why we're in a different realm. Again, we're speak, that's a spiritual term. 
We're, in, we're under different ordinances, different rules. We are kingdom citizens, citizens. So certain things don't apply to us. Certain things apply to us. But guess what? God is making it available to everybody. He's not discriminating against anybody. There's a whomsoever in the Bible. Whomsoever will, let him come. You know, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Right? God will give liberally, liberally to anyone. You know, he's no respecter of person. Because, verse 9, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. Make him your habitation, saints. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy, nigh, nigh thy dwelling. No plague shall come nigh our dwelling. It shall not come near our house. No plague. Amen. None. Amen. Nina. Amen. Zilcho. Zippo. No plague. Can I hear the church say no plague? No plague. No plague. No plague. Man, I don't know, man. There's some serious. Uh-uh, come on. Let's line up to what the promise says. If the word said it, I believe it. You know what I mean? I believe it. That settles it. The word said it, that settles it. All right. So, got to line our believer up to that. Oh, verse 11 is so good. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. It's part of your, your covenant, saints. You have angels. You have angels that will go and get you provision. You, will ha you have angels that will go and get you what you need to, to make you, to help you make it through the day. You know, and all we have to do to release them, just acknowledge it. Father, thank you that you have given angels to care for us. You know, just acknowledge it. That's how you activate it. It shows relationship that you spend time in the word. You spend time coming to church. All right. Verse 12. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. That's what happened to Barbara. She shared with us a couple of weeks ago. The angels transported her supernaturally within a flash of light. She was out of danger from the oncoming vehicle. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon us, therefore will I deliver him. This is God's talking from his standpoint. Because he hath set his love, God is saying, verse 14, because you have set your love upon me, is I will deliver you. You have a relationship. You, you've acknowledged me as Lord. You've acknowledged me as God. You have acknowledged, have acknowledged me as the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega. I will set him on high. I will set her on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me. She shall call upon me. All right. Male and female created he them. When we, say, when we, when we see he or she or he, it's, it's, it's include yourself, ladies. She shall call upon me. Make it personal. When I call upon the Lord, I will, the Lord will answer me. The Lord hears my prayer. 
and I will be with her. I will be with him. In trouble, I will deliver them and I will honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them the goodness of my salvation. Amen. I, I do believe that there are many tra tragedies that happen because people neglect the secret place. We come to the secret place when we're tired, when we're weary. We leave energized and inspired. We come discouraged about a situation, any type of situation. It doesn't matter what kind of situation it is. Take it to the secret place. And if you're discouraged, when you come to that place, we, live, we leave encouraged. Amen? And confident it will be okay. When we come in with knowledge and we leave wiser than we were before, God is going to make you wiser just by being in his presence. You'll notice that your decision-making ability will get better and better. Your relationships will get better because God will give you wisdom on handle, how to handle relationships. That's all relationships. Your business will be better. Every day we must press into the presence of our Father. We must surround ourselves with heavenly, the heavenly presence of our Father and carry his presence, which is heaven, everywhere we go. All right, I'm closing. I just want to close with uh, promises of Psalm 91. Number one, the Almighty is our refuge and our fortress. Two, God will deliver us from the trap of the enemy. Three, God will cover us. Four, we will not have fear of pestilence and destruction. Five, no fear, terror by night or by day. Six, no evil shall befall us. Seven, others may fall, but not us. Eight, no plague will come near us. No plague will come near us. Nine, angels watch over us and protect us. Ten, you will tread upon evil. Eleven, God will rescue us when we call. And twelve, God will satisfy us with long life and abundance. And I close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time tonight, Lord God. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity to glorify who you are. You are the Lord of creation. You are the Alpha. You are the Omega. You are the bright and morning star. You are the beginning and end. You are the knower of all things, and you are aware of the things that are seen and the things that are not unseen. And there is nothing that escapes your bounty. We worship you, Lord God. We desire uh, 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 to hunger and thirst. Hallelujah. We desire to seek the things that please and, and, and bless you, Father God. And Lord God, I just, I just send out an invitation to any believer that's uh, having any form of difficulty pressing in uh, on a consistent basis. Lord God, I, I'd make myself willing to pray for that individual tonight. But we close this meeting. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Jesus, the King.